Hey guys, welcome to the Kevin and Fred show. My name is Kevin Kaufman. I'm your host. And I just want to say thank you for taking some time out to listen with us this week. Do me a favor. If you don't mind, before we get to today's guest, head on over to ratethispodcast.com. That is ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA. That stands for next level agents. Ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA and leave us a review or just go to any podcast player that you prefer and uh, look us up, The Kevin and Fred Show, and please leave us a review. That is the best way to support our efforts here in the show. All right, let's get to today's episode. All right, guys, we're back on The Kevin and Fred Show. And today I'm excited about this episode. I'm joined, number one, by a good friend, Mr. Tim Tooker out of the Pacific Northwest. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good. How are you doing, sir? Thank Uh, you for having me today. I'm doing good, man. So I'm glad to, number one, I want to have this conversation because you're my buddy and like to hang out whenever you're in town and just talk shop, you know, and whatever and catch up with life. But also, um, you and I had lunch last time you were in town and we got on the conversation of like investing and, and how, how much of an impact that's had in your life and really so many others. And so I'm excited to talk about that today. So Before we dive into that, Tim, do us a favor for the person that doesn't know you, um, that maybe hasn't run across you yet uh, in real estate, give us a little background. First of all, what did you do prior to real estate? So prior to real estate, um, I, I, I was in the United States Army. Uh, so I retired from the Army in 2017. And then I've been in real estate the entire time since then. Okay. So 2017, you got, you got out of the army. So how, how long were you in the army for? 20 years, sir. For 20 years. Okay. When'd you get in when you were like 10 or something? Yeah, so, Come so on, dude. I'm going to date myself. So I joined back when Bill Clinton was president. Right? Okay. So, so it's been a minute. Long time ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, so 2017, you get out, you get out of the army after serving 20 years, you retire. So what was it about real estate? So you get out, you retire from the army. 2017. What was there something about real estate that pulled you into it? Well, so I grew up in a construction family. So I was always the young kid on the, the construction side. <laughs> oh, you were that guy. I, I was I doing it. the cleanup for everybody, uh, for the lowest pay. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> so my, my stepdad was a drywaller. My brother was a, a roofer. So if you go to Colorado and Denver, I did a whole bunch of those roofs, lifting the tiles all the way up the ladder and stuff like that. Um, so I was always in real estate. Um, and then when I joined the army, my wife, uh, who's been with me my entire career, uh, she was like, you're going to buy me a house. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't think anything of it because we weren't really homeowners right. before I joined the military. And thank God she did. And God bless me with a wonderful woman. Uh, so we bought a house in Florida. Um, and this was 2003. Okay. And so 2005, I got PCS to another duty station. Well, we sold the house and we made $50,000 in two years of owning the house. That had to be like, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the military pays for, you know, for what grades or or whatever, but I'm guessing at that point, $50,000 is going to be close to probably like a yearly salary at that point. Right. At at that point, that was almost double yearly salary. Now, like, so when I retired, my monthly salary was about 57,000 at 20 years. So I sold this back when I was what, like uh, five years in the army. So we had never seen that type of money before. So our next duty station, when we were driving, we were debt free, had money in the bank. Right. And we're like, let's do it again. Let's buy another home. (laughs) Let's make another (laughs) $50,000. Right. 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 And and the crazy part is, is so then we went to Fort Huachuca, which we still own the house down there. Down. Oh, we talked about that last time at lunch. Yeah. So 
when we were there, one of the important things that we always did whenever we bought. So the army gives you money to pay for rent, to live off base. It's called BAH, basic housing allowance. And so every time we would buy a house, we would always stay underneath the BAH. So that way we knew we could pay the mortgage. Got it. Right. The army's paying for it. Might as well use it. So when we got to Huachuca, it was crazy because I had a real estate agent who was a retired colonel and he kept saying, oh, don't worry about the cost of the house because you'll make it up in equity. When you sell the house, you'll, you'll make the money back. But we knew we were going to be living above our means. And so we didn't want to do it. And so we were really frustrated. And uh, my, my wife was frustrated. We were staying in this uh, temporary apartment that had this it looked like a someone had died in the middle of the floor. Like it was bad. <laughs> not, yeah, it, not a fun place to stay. No, huh? It was rough. Um, but we looked in the paper and there was a for sale by owner. So we went and looked at it and it was another military guy and it, we could afford it, you know, and it was just outside in Huachuca City. Now, Huachuca City at the time didn't even have a stoplight in it. I was going to say it's not very big. No, right. But it was a house, had a yard, had a brick wall so the kids could play, swing set in the back. It was good for us. So... Um, like I said, we, we've bought houses all the time and then the market crashed. Right. And we're like, how thankful are we that we didn't buy a house that we couldn't afford at the time? Yeah. Right. Because most soldiers, whether they know it or not, are living paycheck to paycheck. Right. And a lot of our soldiers, when they when they get their paychecks, they go out and they buy these fancy cars. So the parking lots look like a new car lot, <laughs> but nobody's buying any assets that, you know we'll start building generational wealth. Yeah. And that is the key, you know, use the, the army's going to get everything they can out of you. They're, you're going to miss all the family time. You're going to miss everything. You might as well use what they're giving you to benefit your family for when you get out. That's a, so that's a great, so what, tell me about that. So like 2007, 2008 rolls around. What was that like for you? Cause you're obviously you're, if I'm doing my math right, you're still in, you're like 10 years in and 10 years to go ish. Um, you were thankful that you did not buy the bigger home that you yeah. couldn't afford. But what was that like for you though? Still owning real estate and kind of the weirdest time to ever to own real estate. Yeah. So, so it was rough and luckily uh, we were blessed because we had gotten, uh, you know, tenants that came in and so we rented it out and we still had enough, uh, enough on our VA loan, enough, um, like enough eligibility? Yes, enough okay. eligibility. So when we got transferred to Georgia, we were able to use the VA loan again and buy another home. Oh, awesome. So that was the first time we had actually owned two homes at the same time and having two mortgages and we, we were learning the process. You know, and everybody has bumps and bruises. You get bad tenants, you know, you have issues that come up. And, For sure. Uh, you know, at that time, when a mistake had happened on a house to pay for it, we had to use a credit card, right? And so... You start going into debt a little bit to keep the houses up, but uh, it was it's part of the process and learning. Yeah, it's it's definitely a process and learning. So um, I'm going to hop around a little bit yes. because so that was so 2000. Um, what was it? When did you move to Georgia? So Georgia, we moved in 2010. 2010. Okay, so now I'm going to hop around. So you and I are recording this. It's uh, end of January 2022, right? Yes, sir. Give me an idea of what your real estate portfolio looks like today. Cause it's a little bit bigger than just the house in Georgia and the house in Fort Huachuca. Yes, sir. Uh, so singly, I own uh, five houses. Okay. So we have three up in Washington, the Arizona and the Georgia. 
Okay. And then with the group, and we can get into this. I, I got into a, a wonderful organization with some, some buddies that we own a private lending company. We buy houses together. Awesome. And so, uh, last year we bought five multifamilies down here in the Phoenix Scottsdale area. You guys bought five last year, five multifamilies last year. And one of the, we, we just sold our seven plex. So we had bought it at 600, put 50 into it. We just sold it at, I think one point, uh, 1 million, 10,000, just over a million. So nice little for a year and a half, right? Solid. Yeah. yeah. We'll take it. It's not enough to live on, but it's a good start. Right. right. Yeah. We can, we can, we can get a Chick-fil-A meal on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So you've, so that's your yeah. portfolio has grown quite a bit. Yeah. And so we've also bought multifamilies in North Dakota, uh, Indiana. We've been flipping uh, new builds this last year. So we locked up about 30 something new builds and then buying those cash. And then, you know, if, if, if the price isn't right, we'll keep those as rentals or we'll just sell them. Wow. Okay. So you're doing, you're doing quite a bit. All right. So that's, that's cool. Cause that gives me a kind of an understanding. Now I'm, I'm gonna go backwards now yes, a little sir. bit. So it's 2017. Yes, sir. You, you retire from the army and it's, you go get your real estate license. I, so that's a funny 2014, I was flipping houses. Okay. Right. While well, you're so you're still in the service, but I'm you're flipping houses. Service. Okay. And we're one call. But you've already figured this part out. Like, yeah. hey, I can buy something and then sell it for more. So in the in the army had trained me, I could go out and get a nice government job and make six figures. But I don't want to work for the man anymore. Yeah. Right? Like I'm I guess I'm anti-government, right? Like <laughs> in all actuality. Yeah. <laughs> so despite your profession of of serving yeah. of serving in the yeah, got right. it. So in 2014, we're flipping houses and uh, I'm trying to find different houses. And every agent I talk to is like, well, I want you to sign this document that you'll work exclusively with me. I'm like, I'm kind of old school. If I shake your hand, I tell you, you're going to get the front end and the back end. You should believe me. Right. And nobody would do it. So I'm sitting there frustrated in, in bed. And uh, my wife turns to me and she says, well, why don't you become a real estate agent? Cause I fucking hate real estate agents. They're used car salesmen, right? Like I can't stand them. Right? Where are you living at this time, by the way? In Puyallup. Okay. Yeah, okay. In Puyallup. Right. You're so, already in Puyallup. Okay. Yes, sir. And so she's like, well, why don't you change the game or change how it's done? And of course, God bless me with a wise woman, right? I'm like, I can't argue with that. So 26 days later, I'm a real estate agent. Wow. Okay. Right? And this is why I'm going to vacation on uh, Disneyland. Of course. Right? Yeah. So, uh, so 26 days later, I'm, I'm a real estate agent. I called the guys uh, that I was working with at the auction and I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm getting my real estate license. What do you guys think? And they're like, well, come down and talk to us. And they talked me into going onto their team. And I didn't understand real estate and how teams work. Right. Got another lesson. I, I yes. Assume. Yes. I was, uh, and, and these are all blessings from God, right? Like the, you got to learn from them. So they just hand me a phone and say, good luck <laughs> answer because they're doing all the sales off the auction houses. Right. So they're like, just answer the phone. But it was a great experience because I'd get calls and not even know anybody. And so my first year part-time now in my military career, I'm, the senior NCYC for the G35 flu ops. So the guys who write all the plans in the Pacific, 
Okay. 24 of them and just me, one enlisted. So they all think I'm their secretary, right? <laughs> I can't answer the phone during the day, right? So I can only work nights and weekends. I'm showing up to show houses in my 1994 Volvo. That's three-toned red, the dashboard shaking. That sounds beautiful. Right? It, yeah. it was an amazing time. Yeah. Right? It was carefree. I show up in uniform, which most people liked, except for one time. I had a gentleman from Mexico. And when I showed up, he started going Thought the other way. Right. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm here, here to, to help. help. <laughs> in fact, I'd like to sell you something. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, so my first year in real estate, I sell 12 houses part-time and I make about 25,000. I know. I know full-time real estate agents right? don't sell 12 houses, so, but okay. Um, all so, right. so I sell and I make about 25,000 and I'm thinking, holy snikes, I can't make that bounce at the club. I can't make that delivering pizza. Yeah. Now Uber drivers might be able to make that now, but we're, we're a little, a little bit more different than 2014. Right? Yeah. So, uh, I make 25,000 the next year I make uh, an extra 60 grand selling real estate on top of my military pay. And so I'm like, there's no way I'm doing anything besides real estate. When I get out, like it was just amazing. The amount of, it's like a printing press. Yeah. You know, you license to print money being an agent and, and all the people you get to help. Right. And, and do great things for. And so we really liked it. While I'm doing this, my number one client who bought five houses at the auction, he starts having uh, some things go on in his personal life. And he's like, hey, can you help me renovate these houses? So me and my wife start helping houses and helping them renovate these houses since we were already flippers. And what I was doing is I was going on base and I was finding soldiers that wanted part-time work on the weekends. <laughs> right? Solid. And we were paying them more than what the bonus money they would make going to war for. Right. So like the average, you make about a thousand dollars extra a month going to war. Right. Doesn't we were helping them make that in, in two weekends. Wow. And they were home with their families. Right. So yeah. it was great. Like we had soldiers coming up and Hey, can I get on that roster? If you got any work coming up. And so it was, it was a great time. Right. Well, that turned into, we also created a, a construction company. We just went ahead and did it. We got our contractor's license. And this is all while I'm still in the military. My wife creates a, a staging company too. So we're staging 70 houses a year. Jeez. We, we turned the, the construction company into a multi-million dollar construction company, right? Like it was, it was just great times. We had everything like all inclusive. Um, and then my last year in the army, I made, I sold almost 50 houses. And I made, I think, like $130,000 commission on top of my military pay. And it was just, it was awesome. You know, uh, we were blessed. Yeah. And so really catapulted, like, this is what we want to do. Yeah. So what I love though, yeah. First of all, I love how kind of like you did one thing. It, like it, What I want, what I want, what I hope everyone else hears in your story. And what I definitely just heard Tim was like, it's not like you just woke up one day and all of a sudden you had all these properties and you're flipping all these homes. Like this was like one foot in front of the other. You just, you took one step and like you were really clear a few minutes ago, we we're talking about like, well, it wasn't until Georgia, that was the first time we owned more than one house. Right. Yes. And so it was like, it was like baby steps. And then I love um, 
fact that your wife challenged you like, well, why don't you be the real estate agent? Right. Cause then that was like another big step for you. And then you took all these incremental steps that now looked up to you come out of the, you come out of the service in 2017, you've already got an income that far surpasses what you made in the service. Um, and you're starting to acquire assets and other businesses at this point, cause you guys got the staging company going, you've got um, the construction company going. So then I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, like you just, now it's, Hey, I retire from the service. So it's full-time I'm real estate 24 seven. Yes. And one of the great things that, that happened to us is we started the construction company cause I got ripped off by a general contractor. Right. Yeah. It cost me a ton of money. Right. And it, it was just, it was wrong. Right. Then we bought into a hard money, the private lending company, because we got ripped off by a hard money company. Right. We realized how they're not really there to, to help you. Right. Yeah. So like all these times that we learned these lessons, they propelled us into doing something else. Right. And, and you learn by it. And then, uh, we just really blessed. Um, and then my last year in the army, it was great because the army has this thing where, it's called a skills bridge program. Yeah. Right. And so I went to the, all the meetings and stuff like that, because I say the final two years of your career, you're supposed to go and kind of see what the civilian world is going to be like. Cause it's much different, right? Yeah. Much different from the army. And so you're supposed to get two years to kind of see what everything happens. But by regulation, the commanders only actually have to give you five days to go to one class. Oh. Right. So you're in a competition to get released so you can go and see what the outside world does. And I kept telling everybody, remember, I told you it was just me and 24 officers. And I told them, I said, hey, guys, I'm getting ready to retire. I need you to bring in a replacement so I can start taking care of myself. And I went down to the G3 SAR major who handles all the personnel. And he's like, go find your replacement. I'm a sergeant first class. How am I going to go tell someone you got to come pull my job? Right. Like yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. But, um, they said I could do the skills bridge program. So I'm looking through this manual and there's an Amazon, uh, like an executive kind of course. And so I went over there and I, I did the class and, uh, I was like, okay, I'd like to be interviewed to get into the program. And the guy looked at me and he said, do you have a college degree? And I said, no. He said, well, then we won't, they won't select you because you don't have a college degree. Even though on the thing, it says, if you have over 15 years of leadership time, which I did in the army, you would be accepted in. So that propelled me. Now I read the whole DOD manual and there was this one little line in there that said, if they don't have the program, you can create your own. <laughs> so, so I went to Keller Williams, uh, you might know him, Todd Presley. Yeah, I know Todd. Yeah, so yeah, of course. I, I went and I asked Todd Presley, who was the designated broker at the time of, of Keller Williams up in Tacoma. And I said, hey, would you sign this document? He's like, sure. So he signs my thing. So the last four months of my military career, I was selling real estate. It's awesome. Right? Yeah. So I was getting a jump start on doing it full time. That's so very cool. It was wonderful. Um, so... One of the things that struck me, and first of all, I want to point out too, actually, even before I go to this story is, um, I love that you kind of, when you had all this extra work, like you're going back and you're getting, you're getting the guys that you know, right. Yeah. That, that are in the service with you and, and kind of bringing them the opportunity first to earn extra income, which from a, you know, comparison standpoint, substantial, 
you know, you know, compared to what they're earning in their kind of like their regular job, right? And and being in the service. I, so I love that. But I remember when we were having lunch a few months ago, you started talking about some of the returns on like some of your multifamily properties. And you were, I mean, you were comparing it to, I mean, your retirement, right? So can you, do you mind sharing like some of that story, some of those stories with me? Sure. So as a sergeant first class, which is an E7 pay grade. Okay. So it's like the, the bottom level of the senior NCOs, right? Okay. And then there's mass sergeant and sergeant major, right? My retirement pay after 20 years of service is roughly $2,300 a, a month. Okay. Right. And we all know seeing what's going on in the world. That's not much. You can't live off that. Right especially as many children as, as we have. And my mom lives with me and stuff like that. So like 2,300, it's nice. Thank you. But it's not enough. Yeah. Um, so while we were, one of the houses that we bought was up in Bremerton and it, I had bought it just to keep the construction company working during the winter. Right. Just so that way my construction workers would still get 40 hours a week. Yeah. And when we were doing it, we just, we came to realize because it was a duplex up in Bremerton, uh, really nasty, bought it for 120, put 150 rental into it. And we just decided to keep it because we we're like, okay, well, we can at least make the mortgage on it. Well, when the appraisal came back, we didn't have to bring any money to the table. So it paid off the entire hard money loan. The front house we rented for what the mortgage was. In the back house, 395 square feet, rents for $1,150 a month. What? It's all cash flow, right? So we made in six months, we made half of what I had to spend 20 years to earn. I mean, the power of real estate. Off of one, one transaction. One transaction. And it gets better. So as we were renovating, I walk outside and there's this, this old... Uh, rundown bank and they start doing construction on it. So I walk over there and I say, Hey, what are you guys putting in over here? Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks is 15 seconds out my front door on that property. And it gets blessed again because it's in an opportunity zone. Oh man. That means the value is going to skyrocket. Yeah. I just got to hold on to it. So it's cash flowing. It's in an opportunity zone. I've already cashed out refied once just to take some cash out of it. But because the interest rate from when I first bought it to when I refied was lower, the payment stayed the same. Despite the cash out. Despite taking 80 grand out. So right? you still got the cash flow coming from yeah. it. Yeah. And so the 80 grand I take out, now I lend it out at 12% plus points. And it's just compound interest. So I, so I, what I love about this, Tim, is like, number one, just the way you've thought differently your entire career, right? You've you've looked for opportunities and it was kind of like, like I said earlier, it's like one thing and then the other and then the other and just kept adding to it, right? I love that. What what really struck out to me, though, is when you compared it to your, to your retirement, man. Yeah. And I know you talk to other veterans like all the time. I'm sure you have plenty of plenty of vets that are your client as well yes, when you're representing them because you're still buying it. You're still helping people buy and sell real estate. Um What's your advice to, what is your advice to those people that maybe they're, maybe they're buying the first house. Maybe they're, maybe they're about to get out of the, of the service as well. Or anytime you're talking to someone in a position where you see like, Hey, I was once there. What's the advice that you're giving that person? So 
great example is a young lady uh, that was my my client bought a house just soon to be two years ago okay. up there in Washington. And they called me and they said, hey, can you come to our, I went and met them at their apartment, at their home, sat down with them. And they were on the fence of buying a home because it, they were going to be the first time Hispanic couple, first time anybody in their family had ever bought a home. Wow. First time ever. So they were really scared. Well, she calls me up last week and she says, Tim, what should we do? We're sitting on $100,000 in equity. Do we sell the house and take the money or do we keep it as a rental and buy another house? And that right there now, they are thinking as investors, right? And building generational wealth. And the fact that they know that the house they bought is going to propel their family to that next step, it's it's amazing. So I just try to tell people, um, buy houses every duty station you go to. Yeah. Live a little bit, you know, maybe not buy so many toys while you're in the military. That's probably good advice for everybody. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, including realtors, yeah. <laughs> not buy so many toys, save up the money because if you're, if your VA is your eligibility is used up, right. 3.5%, you can buy a house at the next duty station. Right. And it's legitimate because the army's moving you there. So that's the re- your reason for moving. So 3.5%, even on, you know, a $500,000 house, you're already looking at 17 grand, 18 grand. Yeah. Right. Save that up while you're at that duty station and just keep building your family's portfolio. You know? Yeah. That's uh, I think that's solid advice, no matter where you're at. Right. Whether, whether you're in the reserve or I'm sorry, whether you're in the service or just not, or moving, like keep, keep acquiring those homes over time. And, you know, it's the same thing. Like you, I, just said that sort of tongue in cheek about realtors do, doing the same, but I mean, that's, that is the case. You and I both know so many, like we just, I think as a, as an industry, as a whole, we don't, we don't own enough real estate ourselves. Yes, I, I would agree. And, and you're in the profession. So how many millionaires become from real estate? Uh, yeah, so many. So you're in the profession. You have the MLS at your fingertips. So all those houses, you could set up searches for yourself. You know, lenders, you know, hard money people, right? Like you, you can do these things and it, and it, it really wouldn't be bad. Um, for anybody that currently owns a home or an investment property, there's red flags in the market. You know, the economy yeah. has some, has some trouble points. Everybody should be HELOC in their properties to protect that, that equity. Yeah. Because if the market does go down, it's gone. Yep. So protect us. So that's what we've been doing lately is just HELOC and all our properties. So that way we, and then we take the cash and we buy more investment properties or lend it out. Yeah. That's awesome. Always, so you're always, you're always looking like, how do I take what I have and start to grow it even more? Yes. Sir. And I'm assuming like you just mentioned, like, Hey, there's some, there's some potential pain points in, in the economy now there. I mean, there always is with every economy, but it just means there's, there's a different strategy, right. That sure. I'm going to have to use because if everything was, you know, everything's going up, there's one strategy you use. If everything's going down, there's a different strategy you use. If it's kind of mellow and just slow, steady growth, there's a different strategy you use, but there's always a strategy, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and, and I think that that's the truth. You know, sometimes we we get wrapped around the sky is falling. Yeah. And instead of saying, okay, well, how do I use this to my advantage? And the game is the game, right? Yeah. We can't change it. The, The banks make the game right? The government makes a game. We just have to learn it and then figure out how do we take advantage of that game? So that way 
eventually I don't need the government or the banks anymore. Awesome. All right, dude, that was, that's a solid lesson there, my man. <laughs> um, anything else that we should talk about before you go or, or anything that I, maybe I didn't ask you that I should have that you'd like to share? Yeah. If I, if I could, uh, if I could just say one thing, I, I'd like to thank God who is the originator of telling people to build generational wealth, <laughs> yeah. right? Because in, uh, Proverbs, he, he says, a good man will leave an inheritance to his children's children. Yeah. Right. And then when he was talking to Jeremiah, he told him, take this deed that is signed, sealed and unsealed, put in a jar because later it's going to be worth money. Right. So he's telling us real estate is a powerful tool. And I just, I, I hope everyone's blessed and, and they do good for their family. Awesome, my man. That was great. Tim, thanks a lot, buddy. Yes, brother. All right, guys. Thank Tim, Tim Tucker, uh, thanks a lot for taking the time out and uh, spending a little time with me to record this conversation this time. Sure. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely, brother. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Join the Kevin and Fred community, part of EXP Realty, and partner with us today. You'll get free access to live trainings two or more times a month, live events and in-person masterminds, digital downloads to help you run and scale your business, and much, much more. To learn more and join our community, visit kevinandfred.com slash contact and contact us today. Not ready to join our community? No problem. Continue enjoying all this great content on our podcast for free.